Alright guys, welcome back to another episode of the Richard Campbell Podcast. John doesn't want me to say that, so no, I did. No, I just I just I just think it's funny. Uh yeah guys, welcome back to the show. We got a uh, good buddy of mine, Justin, here with us today. How you doing, Justin? Good. I'm good. Good, good. I'm excited. Are you? Yeah. So I want to talk about a little bit about this just for a second, because I've it's been like weighing on my mind. The reason I invited you on here is because you're one of the few people who has been like supportive. Like I've had I've had a couple of my like really close friends talk shit about me doing this and it like really upset me. <laughs> <laughs> like who? Let's air them out right now. No, no, no. <laughs> Just put them on blast. But, but like your you, pieces you've of been shit. one of those supportive people and I like first off I really appreciate that. And like I just don't get like why if like somebody's trying to do something as a hobby or whatever, like why would you fucking bring them down? You know, like, does that does that make sense? Um, Bugs the shit out of me. Toxic masculinity, right there. For no, you, bro. get the fuck. We're not talking about this shit. Here, <laughs> um, I think yeah, I think it's I think it's out of fear. I think when somebody sees something, somebody do something that's like out of their comfort zone and something they want to do, and uh, they tend to tear it down instead of hype them up because if they tear them, if they fail and it justifies the reason why they shouldn't do it themselves. I think everybody has their own like their things own. they want to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, to create their own life. And when other people uh, do stuff, they'd rather see them fail than to see them succeed, succeed. Well, and that's, fu- and that's fucked, but that's, that's their problem. Yeah. Yeah. No, I agree. That is their problem. So that brings me to the second reason that I brought you on here. You always got some fucking good shit to say, you know? Yeah. If only I could follow my own advice. Apply it to your own life. <laughs> yeah. It's quiet. <laughs> no, I think it's I think it's awesome that you're doing this, dude. Like, why not? I think for me, like I started so when I got sober, so when I came to I came to treat I came to rehab in 2014 and I, I was twenty two years old and I never I was a professional drug addict. And I never had a job. Um, going to school, like, gave me, like, a lot of anxiety. And then, um, you know, I was, I just ruined my life with, like, treatment, going to treatment and drugs. And, and then I got sober and I realized that, like, okay, I can give, I can give my experience back. And so, like, I thought I would have a career in treatment, um, you know, like working in rehabs and stuff. Yeah. And then I realized that, uh, I think I care too much. Um, and it's, it's super hard for me because I don't know, I'm just too sensitive to work with a demographic that just doesn't get it, you know what I mean? And it's so frustrating, but I, but I, yeah. So I'm hypocritical because, uh, that, I mean, that was me, but, but regardless, I started when I went to barber school, I think that's when I really like started changing the way I viewed doing stuff, you know, cause like picking a career, and sticking to it gave me a lot of anxiety because I was like, what the fuck am I going to do? You know what yeah. I mean? Like my dad, my dad was born and then from the, like he grew up and he just, he was like, I'm, I'm a pilot and that's all I want to do. I wish I had that, but I don't. I'm like, what, you know, I have those like identity crises and I'm like, what the fuck am I going to do? So anyway, when I went to barber school, I kind of, I was terrified. I was, I would look in the mirror and I'd be like, you're, you know, you're not a barber and like I started using like the tools of recovery and sort of just like 
just went through with it. And then I realized like, oh yeah, like I'm in charge of the, I'm in charge of my own life. Um, and I, I was exposed to like entrepreneurs and like people that like were about creating, not only creating like opportunity and value, you know, just to make money, but like supporting like other people, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, like I have mentors, I have like, you know, like, um, at cuts and, and, you know, him and then like his friends and his like entrepreneur buddies of like, change the way that i think yeah they're they're constantly looking to improve stuff yeah and and it's fucking it's wild dude like i have this one guy who who calls me and you know he's got a hundred different things going on and he's telling me he's like i'm gonna put you on you know what i mean and and that that's what i want to do yeah that's what i want like i want to i want to i want to put people on because like yeah i want to be rich i want to like have my own my own shit. I don't want to ever work for anybody else ever again. Um, but I think I want to put people on cause that's, that's the slow burn. Like that'll, that'll inspire me more than just like, um, you know, getting money or so when I see, when I see friends and people that are like that want to do their own thing, I'm like, yeah, fuck yeah, do that. You yeah. Know what I mean, it's terrifying. <laughs> it is. It's terrifying, it but is super it's, terrifying. it's, yeah, it's, it's tight. And dude, I, I get it. Like when I first started cutting hair, people, people talk shit behind my back because I was trash. <laughs> I was garbage at cutting hair, but like anything that you start, you're going to be bad. But like now I don't have a boss. You yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. And like, no, you don't. Yeah. And it's fucking, it's sick. I aspire to be that one day. Yeah. Um, I've, I've been having a little bit of an identity crisis myself the mm. last, you know, couple weeks. So I got like the baby coming mm. and I got this fucking sales job right and like they're giving me a fucking hard time about taking time off to be with the kid because like there's nobody that's gonna like (laughs) fill in for my spot dude and then i'm like i'm like do i want to fucking be a fucking salesman that this shitty company depends on you know like yeah i don't know it's tough i mean you gotta be you gotta be practical you know i don't know man just for me like i i really used uh I think I used recovery and I was just like, fuck it. Yeah. I'm going to do this. There was times where like I started a marketing company with two other people. Um, (laughs) and I I had no fucking idea what I was doing, but I stopped. I literally like went, I jumped in with two feet and I learned everything I could and it failed. Like it failed miserably. Um, but like we sold this like contract to massage envy for like 50 grand and some shit. Like people like, respected us and then i realized like the idea of like starting my own business or like doing what i want to do is is it's kind of it's kind of scary but at the same time like that is the same starting point where everybody starts at yeah everybody starts it yeah yeah like you're gonna and like jeff bezos i think when he started amazon he was uh you know he's very like smart and analytical and he's like you know i he, he had the idea about he had that idea about Amazon and the idea was he saw how fast the internet was growing. Um, it was something like, like over like 200% every year or something like, I don't know the exact numbers. And so he's like, Oh, I'm going to create a business selling stuff online and indexing. And that's what he started with books and then clothes. But he, he had the idea. He's like, should I do this? And then he thought, well, 30 years down the road, am I going to regret not doing this? Mm, yeah. And so by that, he was like, yeah, I would regret it. So he, he did it. Well, yeah. And if he didn't do it, somebody else is going to. Yeah. You know? 
I but, think I think part of the thing is like getting over the fear of failure. You know what yeah. I mean? And it's like it's like weighing those two like fears, right? It's the fear of it not of uh, succeeding and the fear of like not doing it. You yeah. know what I mean? And it's like how do you like reconcile those two? You know what I yeah. mean? Yeah, <laughs> it's hard. It's hard. I mean, I'm terrified of failing. Yeah. Like I'm terror. I was terrified of fucking somebody's haircut up. <laughs> You know, but I, I, did. I did that. <laughs> I fucked somebody's, not day, but I fucked somebody's two weeks up for their, for their life. You know what I mean? But fuck it. You know what I mean? I just. You have to though. The yeah. Work, you got it. You know, you have to. to learn. You got it. Yeah. Go fuck up. How, how am I going to figure out what I want to do if I don't fuck up? Mm, yeah. And I still don't know. I'm still, I'll still have that imposter syndrome and identity crisis. I'm still going through it, but the next opportunity will come and you know, fuck it. I find that I go through, like, uh, imposter syndrome whenever I'm, like, uh, faced with a barrier, right? Like, it's like like a wall gets in my way, like, something at work isn't going my way, or I think that... Because, like, I'm an HRM, and I've been doing it for years, and I, I want to make it a career, but then, like, I'll have, like, these conflicts with uh, with my with my place of work, right? And, like, the people above me. And then I seriously question, right? It's like when something, like, even the smallest thing doesn't go my way, I'm like, do I really want to fucking do this? Yeah. You know what I mean? Do I want to do this for the rest of my life? Yeah. And really, it's just like, you know what? Maybe I won't quit right now, you know what I mean? Maybe I'll get a little more bit more time. And it always seems to, like, work out. It's like, maybe next month I'll quit, you know what I mean? And, like, I do, I do it that way, and it seems to have gotten you through so far. So, yeah, I think the shortcut for that is like, if I take care of the people around me, things will work out. Mm. You know what I mean? Like in business, in business, it's not about like, if I'm providing value to a customer, it'll always work out. So like the, the customer is the most important part. You know what I mean? Like my shit, my, my, uh, my logistics, the way I create things, the, the money, like all that is, is secondary to like providing value. Yeah. And I think that's the shortcut. And then like money, money will, will follow that. Yeah. But money is not important. Like the value is. And so if I like when I'm like cutting hair or I'm like trying to do something like else, like I work around where can I provide like the best experience or value for, you know what I mean? Yeah. And, and, one, another thing I love about you too is like uh, cutting hair is kind of like your like like your regular thing, but you're constantly like doing other things to like uh, improve yourself and like your your financial situation and like helping other people improve theirs too. Yeah, yeah, that's. I mean, I mean, I'm nowhere near where I want to be, but yeah. Um, the thing that changed with like being my own boss is that the world will bend to me, right? Like not the, like everybody has so many excuses yeah. of why they shouldn't do something yeah. and they start there, right? So they, they like want to do something and then they'll tell themselves why they can't instead of, instead of trying to figure out how they can do it. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like, yeah, fucking the stock market, crypto, like all this other shit, fucking uh, real estate investing. Like why, why can't I do that? Like I can, I yeah, could for sure do that. Yeah. You know what I mean? And you got to start somewhere. Yeah. Man. You're never going to get, you're never going to do it. Um, so speaking of crypto, did you sell your doge? <laughs> I sold my doge a long time ago. <laughs> good, good. Me too. Well, no, not good. It went up, it went up like 2000%. Yeah, but it's going to go back yeah. up. People are going to lose money. People already have. Yeah. You know what I mean? Um, 
Speaking of this, actually, I'm into like Cardano a lot. Do you know about Cardano? I do. Yeah. I just they're they're uh, they're just starting. Yeah, they've been around for a while, but they're gonna they're like just like implementing their like real world solution to uh, like onboarding people that don't have access to the things that we have access to. Yeah, in Africa. Yeah, they're gonna help a lot like of people. That. That's yeah. I so think it's super cool. I think I think if I can invest in somebody or somebody something that's going to help a lot of people i'll be i'll be fine yeah, but yeah that's interesting that, i have a lot of cardano do you yeah i i just started buying it oh yeah um, ethereum too did you get ethereum i have not yet get it i know i need to get ethereum get it um but like so that that brings me like i don't really care if i lose money on like the investments i made be, well, I mean, it would suck if I lose money, but, like, I'm not going to be torn up about it because, like, the investments that I have made, at least we're going towards, like, alternative energy and, you know, stuff like that. Like, the Cardano thing. Like, uh, yeah. I mean, fuck it, dude. At least they tried to help somebody. If I lose money, at least it tried, you know? Yeah. And, like, just don't, like, I, I look at it as, like, donating, not investing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> if I donated a little money, like, that's the least I can do. I, yeah, I'm a little like that, what I, like what I just said sounds good, but I'm, I'm also kind of a degenerate. So it pay like my, my risk tolerance is like probably too high. Like I could, I could give, I could lose $10,000 and not give a fuck. You know what I mean? And so I'm trying to like use that to, to my advantage, you know yeah. what I mean? Because yeah. you, you gotta, you gotta risk it. You know, I, I could do a little more due diligence, you know what I mean? But you know, so Doge, like I, I could have been like there was a guy that put like 180k into Go Doge, and fuck, and now he, you know, he's a he's a multimillionaire, and that's some stupid shit that I would do. You know what <laughs> yeah. I mean? But yeah. you know, I'm trying to be I'm trying to be smart about it, but but there's no way to predict any of that shit. No. Anyways, so this has been this has been a a good conversation, and I love it. But uh, we share a similar uh, past. And I, I want to dig into that a little oh, bit, God. too. Um, yeah, like crack. I really yeah, like crack. Yeah, okay. I definitely want to hear about crack. <laughs> what do you uh, want to know? So let's start with where did you grow up? I grew up in New York. Uh, I grew. I was born in Poughkeepsie, New York, which is an hour and a half north of uh, New York City. Um, and then uh, we moved across the river to like the Newburgh, Hudson Valley area. No idea what any of that is. Yeah, close. I mean, like New York's a big state, and so... When I say I'm from New York, people think I'm from the city, but there's like farms and stuff up there. Yeah, but like there's, upstate New York. Right, but there's also like I was, you know, I'm an I'm a train ride away from the city, so like it's it was a it was a weird mix of people growing up because there were like there were like hillbilly hicks, and then like people that like transplanted from New York City, and so it was a weird like mix of people, but you know, it was pretty cool, I guess diversity and you know you yeah. know all that but in the country like you know so what what was your first uh experience with drugs and or alcohol i think i i have a i have a terrible memory <laughs> um <laughs> me too it's I, 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 yeah i think uh i don't know i had like i had brain surgery and i smoked a lot of pcp so like my my story my my uh my memory is kind of shot but i i think that the first time i drank alcohol was like my and i was a late bloomer like i i didn't start smoking weed or like drinking alcohol till i was like six, 16. i like how we say that's like late bloomer yeah, <laughs> yeah. 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 
And it's funny because when I started smoking weed, I was an instant pothead instantly. Yeah. Like I started smoking weed and then I was like, you know, one of those guys that was like, this should be legal. Well, my mentality when I was, when I was smoking weed was I'm going to smoke this till I die. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. It was, yeah, it was a good time. But I think the first time I drank alcohol, I, I, uh, my friend had like, my friend's older brother had a graduation party and then like they took like the leftover alcohol and then my friends were going to like come over to my, my spot and we were going to drink. But I think I was like nervous because they had drank before and I didn't. So to like get rid of the nerves, I drank before they got there. <laughs> like if that's not the most alcoholic thing ever. <laughs> yeah. So like my first experience drinking alcohol was like Budweiser cans or like by myself. And then they got there and they're like, Sweet. yeah. And I would do that all the time. Like I would like, I would like get weed or whatever. And then they would, uh, like I'd smoke a little bit and they'd get there and they'd be like, dude, like, are you high already? <laughs> and I, you know what I mean? And I like, I'd be like, my eyes would be closed and bloodshot. And I'd be like, no, like what are you talking about? Let's smoke this. We, we like to call that a pregame. Yeah. yeah, yeah. <laughs> I was a solo pregame. Hell yeah. Not a, not a good thing. No. Um, so how did, how did, how did like just drinking and smoking transition into, uh, you know, crack and uh, <laughs> PCP? Well, I want to hear about a good PCP story. Oh, Jesus. Well, the thing about the PCP stories is is I can't differentiate between if they're actually real or not. Oh, Um, Oh, no. uh, But we can get into that. I I, I guess, so it just, like, when I, I, I've always been an addict, right? Like, I believe, I believe that. And, like, I have that thing, um... So before, before drugs and alcohol, it was like video games. And, uh, I'm sure before that it was like, I used to in Payless. Do you remember Payless? Like yeah. going to Payless? Yeah. Do you remember those like little like footstool things where uh-huh. you can like, it was like, you can sit on it. It, it had the mirror on the ends of yeah, it. Shoes yeah. Stuff. When I, m- one of my earliest memories, I like, I must've been five or six or something. I would like lay on top of it and then like tilt my head back. Yeah, and pick my head up really quick and be like, yeah. You know what I mean? I uh, still do that getting out of bed sometimes. Yeah. <laughs> Not That's on purpose. Good, good head right. Yeah, natural high. Um, but anyway, it, it, uh, it progressed. Shit, I don't know. Like, so, like I said, like I started smoking weed and I was smoking weed every day. Like, I went from like, because I, I was kind of the, and I had this identity crisis when I was in high, like in high school too, but I had this, uh, like I was pretty good at sports. Like in middle school, I was a, a three sport athlete. And then in high school, I, I only turned my attention to baseball because that's what like my dad and my coaches like, um, thought I had like a shot of like getting a scholarship. So I had like the good friends, the jock friends. And then like I started smoking weed and I completely shifted gears. I was like this, like fuck all that shit. Like I want to get high. You know what I mean? And I had this, like, I had this like thing inside of me that was like, this is probably not a good idea, which is weird to think about. Like that feeling of like, you shouldn't do this. And then like doing it anyways. Mm. Um, now I try to follow that feeling. You know what I mean? Like do do the right thing. Um, cause I've like, I've lost it and I've reconnected to it, but. Yeah, so I started hanging out with the guys that were smoking weed every day. And so when I started drinking, I would smoke 
you know, I would smoke weed every day and drink on the weekend. My dad was a pilot and he'd be, he was gone for weeks at a time when he'd like go to China. And so my spot was, was the party spot. I'd have parties that didn't end, you know what I mean? And then I have people walking on my house that I didn't know, like, you know, who are you? Yeah. Um, and that was cool. Cause like people knew who I was and people wanted to come to my house and you know, and it helped with, you know, the anxiety of just being a teenager and like growing up and not knowing who the fuck I am. And, uh, and then I started doing like Percocet, um, you know, and just like railing Percocet. And we, and that was, I remember that feeling. It was a good feeling. And then, uh, so in between, in between high school and college, I had tore my labrum playing baseball and I had surgery and they gave me, Percocet. And I remember vividly, like I had already done like Percocet like here like a couple times, but I remember my arm was all fucked up. It was in like this like, um, water sling that would compress. And I remember I like sat down to watch a movie and I popped like two. Um, I was only supposed to take one, but I took two. And then I just remember like chilling and watching the movie and just being like, yes, this feels good. Yeah, this feels good. Um, and from then I found heroin and it was a, it was an easy transition because at the time Oxy, there was the OC eighties. Mm-hmm. Um, and that was the, when I did that, that was the time where I was like, holy shit. You know what I mean? Yeah. This shit, like yeah. I'm fucking talking to people, you know what I mean? <laughs> like, I'm like, you know what I mean? I'm, I'm kind of an introvert and also an extrovert, but I remember on like Oxy's, I was just like. I thought I was the man, like talking to people, you know what I mean? I just had yeah. this like really good feeling and I remember that. And then, um, those were like really expensive. Um, even in New-, New York, they were like super expensive. And then it just transitioned to like snorting heroin, you know what I mean? And like the needle, like the needle stuff and like the junkie shit you see on like TV and like you guys out on the West Coast, um, you got that, the tar, right? When you have to like cook it or some shit. And I thought that because I got like dope in a little bag. And you can like, you know, take it out and just sniff it. That it was, like I was, was better. Like, <laughs> you know what I mean? I was like, yeah, it's fine. It's just like heroin. And, uh, yeah, it, it would, it, it was, it was just on from then. Sweet. Yeah. Fucking. And, and by the time I was 18, I was in my first rehab, uh, in Florida. 18, really? 18. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Fuck that. I'm a bad drug addict. Um, yeah. Yeah. You know, like I just, I can't hold it together. It's all I want to do. And I think that's why I do drugs is because like, all the other shit get like, I'm super sensitive. Right. So all the other shit gives me anxiety. Like going to college, like I went to college to go cause I wanted to play baseball. Like I thought that was like my life thing. And that was like what my dad wanted me to do. That was what, you know, I was, you know, pretty good. So I, yeah. Yeah. And then like it gave me anxiety, but I, when I found drugs, like I was like, okay, this makes me feel good. I'm just going to only focus on this. Yeah. Yeah. You know what I mean? And the, the harder I went, the easier it was. It's like, that's all I had to care about was just like getting fucking drugs. And the, the part of me liked that. You know what I mean? I just didn't care about what other people thought. I mean, I did, but like, it's hard to care when you're nodding out. Yeah. You know what I mean? <laughs> and when you start to care, you just, you know, bury that pain with the feeling of yeah. some, uh, some good dope. Some good dope. Yeah. I was just talking about this with somebody today. It's like once we start burning bridges, the next one is just so much easier to burn. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? And you just fucking carry the gas can with you, just lighting them all down. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. Each step is easier. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like justifying, 
you know, doing heroin because I wasn't shooting it. And then like, it's easier to be like, all right, I'm just going to fucking shoot this shit. Cause all right, I need to save the money, you know? <laughs> yeah. yeah. How many rehabs did you go to? Cause you've been to a lot, right? Yeah. I've been to a lot. So, <clears throat> so I went to rehab. The first one was 18 in Florida and that was in 2009 during the, the pill epidemic in Broward County. So I was in the, I was in the, the county where half the, the uh, prescription painkillers were coming from in, in the United States. Yeah. Um, so yeah, that, they would have like <laughs> pill clinics and stuff. You yeah. Yeah. So where, so where those pill clinics were, where they got the, the, all the notoriety and the, where they made documentaries about, I was in that county <laughs> trying to get sober at 18 years old. Right. So needless to say, it did not work out too well. And the job I got when I got out, um, cause I stayed in the halfway house, which was co-ed, which is also not, a, yeah, I was fucked. I, I was fucked, dude. I was fucked. I was so fucked. I don't know. (laughs) Didn't work out. And my first job was a place called Tequila Ranch in the Hard Rock Hotel and Casino. Sweet. So, yeah, I was killing it. And Spice was out at the time. You know what I mean? So I'm smoking that shit. We we talked about Spice last time. (laughs) No more Mr. Nice Guy and K2 and Scooby Snacks. So anyway, uh, that didn't work out. And but I've been to, I've been to nine inpatient rehabs total, and. uh, countless like shelters and uh a lot of detoxes like 13 plus detoxes it was just a shit show it was just like from 18 from 18 to 22 it was like i was in treatment i was using or i was homeless yeah so were any of those uh like periods where you were like homeless and in and out of shelters were they like in the city no a good a good portion of that i was in long island okay um in the winter Gross. Um, yeah, it was, it was cold, but I just like, like, uh, as I, so I actually listened to like Yvonne's pro- podcast that you did and she described like being in Phoenix and like, she had a part, she had a, she had a, a part in there where she had, like kind of explained like, you know, it was just like, it was just fucked. And like, I get that. It's like being in the underworld, you yeah. know what I mean? Yeah. Where like, like I didn't give a fuck about my life. I didn't give a fuck about other people. And every day was just a struggle, man. Like finding a place to sleep was a struggle. And I, I had it decently because I had a, I had a car, had a 1998 Plymouth Breeze. Um, so, and it took a quart of oil a week and I, I was the driver. That's what, that was my job. Yeah. You know what I mean? Cause I was, I was, I was white and I had a clean license. And so like, and like, I, I like, I like hung out with my dealers and I knew that like, I couldn't just be like a junkie to them. I had to like provide some value. Yeah, right? Right. I had you, to have be, to, you have to serve a yeah, purpose. I had to yeah. be, I, I had to be close to the source. Yeah. yeah. You know what I mean? So like, I was like, I was, I was the cool person. I was a junkie, but like they trusted me. You know what yeah. I mean? Like, you know, some, you know, like weird interactions. I was like the, like the white guy, like the wild card, like the weird white dude on the couch <laughs> where it's like, you don't know what the fuck that guy's going to do. You know what I mean? But they just like kind of kept me around cause yeah. I was, you know, the driver and like, the tester and the the wild card, yeah, <laughs> the wild card. weird shit, man. But yeah, that's I, I would. It was like being in the underworld, the underworld. Yeah, it's like it's a real place, like hell. <laughs> oh, for hell. sure, it yeah. is. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, I remember being homeless, and that's the exact way I would describe it too. Yeah, it's like I remember being grateful. I could like post up on a side of the building that had like a warm vent. Mm-hmm. There was like in Grand Junction when I was on the streets. 
And uh, I was sleeping in abandoned buildings because I got kicked out of the shelter. I remember <laughs> it's fucking cold as shit. It's like November in Colorado. And there's just like this, like, uh, it's like where all the phones were connected to. And they were just pumping out hot air from the computer servers on like the side of this building. And I would just like post up right there. And that was like the bright spot of my fucking day. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like that was God, it. what a fucking sad life. Yeah. Remember, uh, the weirdest part was walking somewhere like with like conviction and then like being like, <laughs> Where the fuck am I going? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. I got nowhere to go. Yeah. But like, yeah. Yeah. The amount of time you spend walking just in basically circles, yeah. like looking for something to like occupy your time is yeah, insane. God. What's your, what, what was your favorite treatment center that you ever went to? <laughs> I, I have to, I have to ask the question. Don't say, don't say a co-ed. <laughs> I've been to some good ones and I've been to some bad ones. You know, back to basics was pretty cool because it was like, it's some shit that, I would never fucking do. Mm. Uh, I would never hike or I, I didn't know what an algae was till I got to fucking Arizona. I didn't know the Grand Canyon was in this state till I got here. <laughs> and hiking to me was like walking a pavement path around a lake you know, and then getting in the car and like going yeah. to McDonald's or whatever. Um, and so like, I'm grateful when I look back for the experiences that I had rafting down the fucking Colorado river in the Grand Canyon and like getting a kayak certification. Like, could you imagine you know, and there, there was parts that like sucked, like hike, like hiking. The first trip I went on was in the Grand Canyon and we walked down and then we walked back up and I was like behind everybody. It was my first trip. I remember being like, is it fucking cold out right now? And they were like, it's like a hundred degrees out. You should probably drink some water, you know, cause I was like so dehydrated or whatever. But so that part sucked. But when I look back at it, I'm like, I've been to some fucking cool ass places. Oh yeah. 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 It's fucking beautiful down there. Yeah. B2B really, they really care in the sense of they were like, you're so full of shit. You know what I mean? Because part of the reasons I, I had a lot of opportunities to get sober, but I just could not get out of my own way. You know what I mean? Because I sounded good and yeah. they didn't want to like really test the water. So but yeah, I went to a place called Sober College in um, California. That was cool. Like going to meetings in LA and like seeing like, it was like the cool thing to do to like get sober. My sponsor out there was 17. He was, how old was he? he was like 23 with like six years sober or some Jesus. shit. Um, <laughs> but you know, I didn't apply myself because I thought I was different and smarter than everybody. And, but I've also been to, uh, and we you could talk about this place. I went to a therapeutic community called Daytop. They used to, they used to call it Daytop and the acronym used to be do a year telling on people. That's what they called it. But it, it was, so essentially it wasn't, it was not 12 step based. It was all attitudes and behaviors. And it stems from like in the fifties, like this sort of like treatment model that just flat out does not work. And it was like shame based. So you hear like horror stories about like, if you fuck up in the rehab, they would like, like say you had like entitlement issues or something. Back in the day, they used to make you dress up like a baby and like wear like, you know what I mean? It was like that type of shit. Or like yeah. if you got in trouble, you would sweep sun off the roof. So you wake up at like 4.30 a.m. and sweep sun, like sweep do sun stupid, like, yeah, some like gulag shit. You know what I mean? And like, uh, and so it progressed, it progressed and like they, like New York State got involved, like the Oasis or whatever, the, the regulation and, and they don't do that anymore. So it's basically just a fucking shit show. I mean, people were smoking, people were smoking spice there. I was one of the only people that was actually like a drug addict. Um, there were a lot of, uh, reentries, um, a lot of, you know, a lot of people from New York city, um, you know, like kids and they were in a gang and instead of sending them upstate to prison, they'd send them here. 
you know, because they were smoking weed and they were like, oh, this is the problem. Prisons, jails, Rikers Island is like overpopulated. Let's send them to a TC upstate. And so that was, that was a very interesting, that was a very interesting place. I overdosed in that place. I got in trouble. I broke a toilet in that place and it almost flooded the entire dorm. They ran. You broke a toilet. Yeah. I, uh, yeah. So it was, it was called Swan Lake and there was a big, like on the hill, there was this big where everybody met. Um, and that was like where the groups were and where like you ate food. And then you walk down the hill past the, the lake and there were dorms and I was down. That's where the gym was too down there. And so like a good drug addict, I wasn't, I was just working out. Like that's how I was dealing with, yeah, you know, the, my own mind. It's just like, oh, I just need to look good and then I'll fucking be good. Um, so I was working out all the time. So I was down there, I was working out when I shouldn't know if I took a shower and then... <laughs> Like my buddy, everybody had cell phones there and you weren't supposed to. And I remember, I think I was like looking for my roommate's cell phone. Um, and we hit it, we hit it in the tile. And so like I stepped on the, uh, it wasn't the toilet, it was the sink. I stepped, so I got out of the shower, right? And I stepped on the sink and I was like gonna look at the tile to find, see if I could find his phone, call like my girlfriend. And the sink was not sturdy. It was like this cheap ass sink in the sink, like, bent over and then snapped right <laughs> and then the water like piping hot water <laughs> yeah. just starts spewing out of this fucking wall <laughs> and it would like like forcefully too and i'm like what the fuck man and i like put some clothes on real quick and i'm like all wet and i fucking run up the hill and i'm like uh you know, like I was like, <laughs> I was like hey, uh, it's, I, it's flooding down there. And they're like, what? Well, like, first of all, like, what the fuck are you doing down there? You're like, you're not even supposed to be down there. Yeah, the the uh, fire truck came and everything and they fixed it. And our, our dorm got flooded and people were like, what the fuck are you doing? And then they held like this meeting. There were like 200 people here, right? And then they held this like meeting and the, the, the staff on was like, somebody put their funky feet on the thing like they all made fun of me because they thought i was like shaving my legs or some shit that was like what circulated around. <laughs> and when he said like he put his funky feet i like stood up right and i was like i don't have any funky feet <laughs> god that was yeah that was just pure like alcoholism without a solution at its finest yeah it that place was interesting man i got stories for days about that place um so what what led up to the events of you going to back to basics? Jesus. Um, well, at this time, I was back. I like was holding my mom hostage because she was the only one that would like take me in. Um, my dad was done with me. Like my sisters were done with me. And so I was living with my mom, and I was just like my mom was super easy to manipulate, you know, because she has like she needed me to she wanted me to be doing good because of her own shit like her own like resentment against my dad or whatever so that that was very easy to manipulate and that's kind of fucked up but i was living uh with my mom and i was working at this like spa and i was i had this like girlfriend and it was going good for a while and i was able to like use and then it just started unraveling i was uh I, uh, I had gotten ar arrested twice in one day, uh, prior to then. And I had another court case. So I had three court cases in two different States and I was just fucking exhausted, man. I, I remember talking to my mom and I was like, I need to go to like a mental institution. 
right? Because like, you know, I was, woe is me. I was like, so unique. You know what I mean? I was like, rehab doesn't work. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I'm not going to get it. I was hopeless. So I need, I need to be like locked down and maybe I have this dual diagnosis or like, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And I was just like, I was so, I was kind of fucked up, man. I was, and I, was I was in a spot where, uh, you know, I was logically thinking about suicide because I just couldn't logically see this progressing anymore. I didn't want to be around nobody. I thought nobody else wanted me to be around. And so anyways, I remember my, my mom who also got me, also got me arrested before this, like called the cops on me because I took her car, but my dad called my mom. So my mom was like, here, talk to your dad. And I was like, no, like, I don't want to, you know, I know what he's going to say. So she like opened my door and she like threw the phone in and then shut it. You know what I mean? And for some reason I picked up the phone and I said, yeah, what, like what? You know what I mean? What do you want? Yeah. What, oh, yeah. fucking. And my dad was like, um, hey, uh, so, you know, I just, you know, I found this place and uh, it's in Arizona and it's like outdoors or whatever. And he's like, this was, it was a very different thing because before it was like, if you do this, I'll get you a lawyer. Um, you need to do this or I'm going to kick you out. And this time it was like, hey, like found this place. If you want to go, I'll support you. Do you want to try it? If not, like, whatever. Yeah. You know what I mean? And so that was different. I, I was like, how much is it? You know what I mean? Like, <laughs> What's the price tag on yeah, this? Because I'm is so, it good? Yeah. No, no, not that. It was it was because I was like, I was like such a, I thought I was like being such a, a good person. You know what I mean? I was like, but it really was because I was just so hopeless. I so I was like, how much is it? Like, I'm not, you're not fucking spending any more money on rehab mm. for me. You know what I mean? Yeah. yeah. Like that's just not happening because like I'm a lost cause, man. Like I'm not going to fucking get sober. So just like stop calling. You know what I mean? And, uh, he was like, listen, for any amount of money for you to be sober for like any small period of time, is it invaluable? So yeah. he's like, it's, I don't fucking care about the money. So I was like, fuck, all right, whatever. I'll do it. I remember like my dad picked me up and I was like, Hey, I got to pay somebody off before, so drive me to fucking Newburgh, New York and, uh, give me some money. And he's like, all right, but I'm going to check you when you get back. I was like, okay, like fucking put the dope in my hat or some shit. Cause I'm, I was like, yeah, I gotta check this shit. Uh, professional junkie. And I got enough and I went upstairs and we were going to leave in the morning and get on the airplane. And I remember I had enough to kill myself and I was like, this is probably, this is what I want to do. Like, I just don't want to be here anymore. My tolerance wasn't that high at that time. Um, but I, I took out like eight bags or something and I was going to put all eight in there and that would have been enough. And then I was like, oh, I'll do like six. So I like kind of pushed out. Right. You know? <laughs> And I remember saying something to somebody or something. And I was like, you know, if I don't die here, I'm going to fucking like, I'm going to give it one last shot. And I remember I did those six and I was like, and, and then I took a shower and I realized like my legs were like starting to give. And I remember fighting it, you know, and I was like, you know, and when I think about that in hindsight, I was like, I I didn't want to die. Yeah. You know what I mean? There was something left in me. Um, but I was beaten down so bad that like, I just came out here and was like, whatever. What else have I got? Yeah. Yeah. So I came out here and fucking did fucking rehab again and was trying to be the cool guy that like was like so much worse than everybody and had so much more experience than everybody and like knew the book and knew meetings and, you know, 
I was like overly arrogant about whatever, <laughs> you know what I mean? And, uh, I got called out on it. And then I remember I got a sponsor and I gave up. Yeah. And you know, that was the only time I ever got honest with another human being. You know, I still like, I still relapse after that, but like, it really hasn't been the same since. You know what I mean? I had, I had tasted like the luxury of just not being so fucking important, you know? Yeah. So yeah, it saved my life. I'm glad it did. Me too. Uh, people who know it all are my favorite kind of people. Yeah. Especially when they come into the rooms. <laughs> I love working with sponsors that like, or think they're so smart. I love it. Yeah. It's the best. Up. It's like, oh really? Yeah. Okay. Who the well, fuck you, are you? you? <laughs> who the fuck are you to believe there's no God? Like, are you really that smart? Yeah. The rest is history. I'm just trying to fucking get out of my own way still. Yeah, I struggle with that on the daily. Yeah, on it's hard. The daily. It's hard now because my little drug addict life is so distant from me. You know what I mean? Like it, it's like I've been good for so long that it, like it. It seems like a it good seems memory. like it seems like a nightmare. You know what oh, I mean? Like a bad dream. Oh. Um, <laughs> <laughs> Mine yeah. kind of so I, I have a terrible like like I, I only remember the good parts like I like fantasize about the good parts and I like ignore the bad parts you know yeah so your, like, brain, your brain does that yeah yeah and I constantly got to tell myself like no it wasn't like that yeah <laughs> your brain does that on um, it's like your brain does that because imagine if your brain remembered all the bad parts yeah we'd so all be, be fucking be insane you know? yeah we'd all be yeah. in like a mental asylum but yeah but now it's hard because like i'm fucking you know i got a life now and fucking like i forget who's in charge like i feel like i'm in you're, charge look at all the shit i'm doing like uh you know and then i just fucking i fuck myself I fuck myself and I get miserable and I give up again and things get better and you know I'll take that over Constantly not right. wanting to live you know what <laughs> yeah, I mean yeah I can I can really relate to the not wanting to live part yeah on a deep level yeah but it's weird because it's not a it's not an emotional thing it's like a logical right yeah. you know what it's, I mean it's like it's like this is the only thing left that makes sense right. you know yeah. what I'm saying right it's like I I got nothing left like we're, you know? we're wasting energy here right <laughs> right yeah like i'm not pro- i'm not producing anything good here yeah you know for myself or anybody in the vicinity of me so it's time to just float away <laughs> yeah i think it's so i i remember surrendering too and it's like i, I came i remember the, one of the first rehabs or i guess the first rehab i went to was like at this really bougie place in ss park colorado and um there were some old timers there and I, I went there thinking like uh, I was just like not going to do heroin and meth anymore because I was like 20 years old and weed had just become legal in Colorado and I was like thinking about staying so I could just like smoke weed legally because I thought that was my problem, right? It's like the laws are the problem, right? I'm not the problem. <laughs> and this old timer said, you know, surrendering in like a time of war isn't like giving up. It's like turning yourself into the winning side. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And like something about that just like clicked with me. You know what I mean? It's like I'm not actually giving up. I'm just – turning to whatever's winning you know what i mean right. and uh and the way i i'm living my life isn't winning needless to say i relapsed as soon as i got home right. that time but right. that one piece of information still stuck with me yeah it's really hard to work with addicts because like you can't produce that in somebody no you can relate to them until you're blue in the face but like i cannot produce that moment of surrender for somebody yeah they're not ready yeah to good fucking here. luck guy <laughs> you know what i mean good yeah. luck 
I wish you the best. But yeah, I mean, like, lot, like I, it was what's scary is like I even understood the concept of surrender and why I needed to do it. Like, I have strength and surrender tattooed on my chest since I was 18 years old, and I didn't get sober till 24. (laughs) Like, I literally like mind fuck myself to this thing, and like that's why, like, you know, a big part of my message is just like the action part. It's like just you gotta you gotta do stuff. Yeah, that's it's funny that you said that because you were my first sponsor this time around, and I remember like meeting with you at Campus Coffee Bean, and you're like, "Why you do this doesn't fucking matter." You know what I mean? You can do it for your kid, you can do it for yourself, you can do it for your, for your wife, like whatever. You just have to fucking do it. Yeah, you know what I mean? Just and like, that's also stuck with me is like, because so many times it's like you got to do it for yourself, and it's like, how am I going to do something for myself when I don't give a fuck right. about myself? You right. know what I mean? Like I don't care. You right. know. When I start doing the actions, I start seeing the results. And then I'm like, oh, I actually care about myself a little bit. You know yeah. what I mean? <laughs> yeah. My, so my sponsor, uh, Jim, used to always say, um, you know, this program is not for people that want it or for people that need it. It's for people that do it. Yeah. So, you know what I mean? It, it's for people that do it. A lot of people, a lot of people want it. Most people need it, uh, but few do it, you know, but it works for the people that do it. <sighs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. What? Nothing. Nothing. I just you're making me reminisce, you know? Back to like when I first got in got in here. Yeah. I don't know. I like The work never ends. Yeah, yeah. I had a lot of bad advice given to me too, you know. Like what? How oh just like you gotta do it for yourself, you know, that kind of stuff. Yeah, I don't, I don't, uh, I, I get where that's coming from. The whole, like, this is a selfish program, but like nothing, no, there's no part of this program that's selfish. In fact, the only, the only part of this program, the only point of this program is to rid yourself of the selfishness and self-centeredness. You know what I mean? Because that is blocking you from the power, which will like get you to unfuck yourself. Mm-hmm. So, <laughs> Yeah. It's the biggest paradox about it is like the more of myself I give away, the more I get in return. Right. You know what I mean? And that's like completely contradictory to like everything I grew up, you know, learning. I learned like I have to fuck people over to get everything right. I want. You know right. what I mean? And it's the complete opposite. So, yeah. So back to, to like what we first started talking about, like that jives with that too. Right. You know what I mean? Where it's like, if I stop giving a fuck about my own fears, like my own insecurities, my own uh, imposter syndrome, whatever, and I focus on like helping others and like the value I can bring and like producing a good experience, like I'll be okay. Yeah. You know what I mean? So, so like that jives with like my program, which jives with like how I make money. So I'm trying to like incorporate that sort of attitude into my whole life, which is hard. Yeah. It's easier said than done, but. I guess it's like, as long as you're like doing the right thing, then who fucking cares if it fails? You know what I mean? Like, mm-hmm. it doesn't matter. You can right. at least like go to bed and be like, I tried to do the right thing. You know right. what I mean? I tried to be a positive experience or a positive influence on people's lives. Right. So, right. Like when I'm doing haircuts and I, and I think about when I think about how much money I want to make today, when I think about. You know what I mean? Like what I'm doing I later. Do 10 haircuts. Yeah, yeah, man. I'm like checking to see, like, this fucking guy tip me. <laughs> Did this guy tip me good? Um, those 10%. days, those days are fucking miserable. You know what I mean? They're fucking miserable. Right. Um, but I have, I had an experience, and like, I was, I was doing a third set with a sponsee, which is like basically get out of your own way, like make a decision to, to not fuck yourself. And I related this one experience where I was in the barbershop and I was a student and it was the end of the day and it was a hot day and I was like, 
not doing okay. You know what I mean? Like I was like just irritable. Um, and this guy came in on his bike, this like Nigerian dude. And the, the Nigerian guys, they have like, like thick, coarse hair. And they're like, they're usually, this is a stereotype. Please don't put me on blast. But, um, they're usually generally like pretty picky. You know what I mean? Because like a lot of barbers will fuck their hair up. And so this guy comes in on a bike at, at like closing time and all the other barbers like, scurry away right because nobody <laughs> wants to take this, this guy nobody wants to take him um and i was the student so i was kind of like giving him you know what i mean so right. whatever this guy comes in and i'm like yeah sit down like what, what do you want i could barely understand him you know what i mean and and he told me what he like you know, after fighting with him and like trying to understand what he want i like start cutting his hair and i'm like i'm like fuck and i'm just thinking about me 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 my shit you know what i mean um, and then something happened where I was like, just talk to him. That thought came out of nowhere. And so like, I took a deep breath and I was just like, I started talking to him. This guy, uh, it's a pretty cool dude. <laughs> and now like he starts telling me about, you know, so I'm like, Hey, what do you do? And, and he says, uh, he's a doctor. This guy it was like a trauma doctor and was like, he showed me pictures of him in like a hazmat suit, like delivering babies in the Ebola epidemic and like Ethiopia and some shit. I remember just like having this like powerful conversation with this man, you know, to the, like to this day. And afterwards, like he added me on Instagram and like, he'll like, he'll like post some comments like, Oh, keep doing your magic, Justin. You know what I mean? And it's just yeah. like this powerful, this powerful connection immediately manifested itself from me just getting out of my own fucking head. Yeah. Like you know? as soon as you got out of your As head. soon as I had. Yeah. yeah. And that's so, cool. yeah, that's like a, that's something I think about often when it's like, it's a, it was a d direct correlation between like, woe is me, me. And then like, you know, just sort of like being a part of the process. So there was like my world and then there was like the universe's world or God's world or like getting out of my own way, whatever you want to call it. And that was a, that was, that was a fucking, what, yeah, really you know, and then the time zipped by and I was like energized and my whole attitude changed and I was, you know what I mean? Yeah. So it was, exactly. yeah, it was great. Did you give him a good haircut? I did. Hell yeah. I don't know where that guy is. I mean, my, it's probably in the Corona, probably around the world. Saving, his, saving lives. Saving too. lives, man. Doing his thing. <laughs> like being, a, being an agent of, of the universe. All right. Um, well, before we end this, I do have one, one question. Can we have a good PCP story? Oh, <laughs> I mean, you don't have to. I just... So we, we just don't have any experience with PCP being on the West whatsoever. Coast. It's yeah. like not prevalent here at all. Yeah. You know what I mean? Just like I've never seen China White. I've only ever seen Black Tucker. You know what I'm saying? So like I don't have an experience with that. Powder? Well, yeah, it's still so brown that. though. You know what I'm saying? Like... Yeah. Okay. All right. Um... Well, the first time I ever smoked PCP, I was, so I was in a halfway house and the the guy that was there the longest, who was like the enforcer, he wasn't the manager, but he was like the, you know, captain of the house or whatever, was a guy, uh, was a guy who had a PCP problem and he was just like this Haitian dude. Um, his name's, his name's Danny. He's, he's a cool, we, we've gotten in some fucked up situations, but like, you know, he's, he's a cool dude. Um, he's fucked, but his thing was PCP. And, uh, he was the guy that I gravitated towards because his thing was selling dope too. So we got connected, whatever. Um, 
And then when we got kicked, we like both got kicked out of the halfway house. And so he's on his own. I'm on my own. And then one day he, uh, I was like, you know, let me get two bags. And he's like, okay, but you gotta, you gotta smoke this first. And so he gets like two blunts was one for now one for later. And he rolls one up and hands it to me. And he goes, he's like, this one's yours. It starts rolling the other one. And I'm like, you gotta be fucking kidding me. Yeah. And I just remember, I remember smoking it and being, I'm fucking like, I, I don't know. I couldn't explain to you, okay. but uh, another time you don't have to, I'm not trying to like glorify it. I just am like genuinely curious about, uh, yeah. I mean, there was a time where I was in home Depot and I was fucking wetted out of my skull and I was like taking shit off the shelves and, and they were like, what are you doing with that? And I was like, I don't know. And then that's all I remember. Um, there was one time I got pulled over on PCP and I, I like, I don't remember what I said to the cop. There was a, there was a situation where like, I'm pretty sure there was a gun pointed to the back of my head while I was on PCP. But again, like, I'm not sure. <laughs> um, all I know is that there was a dude in the back of my car. Oh, fuck. Who's like, was like not doing good. He had a handle of vodka and he was like, yo, we need to get PCP now, my dude. Like, <laughs> and I was like driving. I was like, all right, where are we going? And he's like, Hempstead or whatever. And so we go there and I'm fucking on PCP. And I remember like Danny, the guy was telling me like, like, you know, this dude stabbed, you know, some like some white kid like a week ago. And like, I, I and like, I'm, I think he had a gun. I think it like, it might, might have or might not have been pointed to the back of my head while I was driving, but yeah. The underworld, man. The underworld plus PCP. But I was in, um, I was in, I was in like section eight housing. And I remember, I remember there was one night where I was shooting cocaine. I was shooting heroin. I was smoking weed. I was smoking PCP and I was drinking at the same time. Wow. Hell yeah. <laughs> Lived through it. Gone. I was, Gone. I was, I was, and I was driving. So it's a miracle I'm here. For sure. It is. I'm glad you're here. Yeah, me too. I'm glad you're here. Uh, I wish I could remember some PCP stories, but it's just like lots of like shirts off, even in the winter. <laughs> you know what I mean? Lots of like meeting weird ass fucking people, you know, lots of like just synergistic effects. So if you smoke weed the day after you smoke PCP, you'll get high on PCP and weed like times two. Mm. Fucking weird. I don't get it. But I remember I'd smoke weed and I'd be like, oh, fuck, I fucking smoked PCP yesterday. And I'd just be like gone <laughs> you know what i mean gone no, but. I, I don't know what you mean i had a similar thing happen i took a bunch of my dad's like uh, bipolar medication one time and like because do you guys remember heroin you guys know what heroin is so it was like a drug forum back in the day and people would oh, just yeah, like yeah i wrote a paper on that they gave me a fucking f <laughs> they're like this is not the point fucking drug addict uh and my dad has all these meds because he's fucking whatever whatever he is you know what i mean and uh he was never home and he would just like leave stashes of his meds like in the medicine cabinet me and my friend were just in school and we like are grabbing all these fucking bottles like lithium seroquel like whatever and this one this guy's like take this i just felt stupid for a day and we're just looking for a head change and it's one of those things you're supposed to build up a tolerance to you know what i mean they start you off on like 25 then 50 and 100 i took 600 milligrams <laughs> And had an out of body experience after I hit after I hit a bomb, right? Like I smoked weed yeah. and I I almost fucking died. I swear to God, yeah. um, it fucked with my taste buds. And for months after that, every <laughs> time I smoked weed, 
I would have like that same feeling mm. that I started having. Like my whole body would yeah. vibrate. It was absolutely insane. Yeah, synergy's a bitch. Yeah, man. it's fucking sucked. <laughs> yeah, synergy's a bitch. No idea what you guys are talking about. I guess you're not done yet. I, I guess. Yeah, that's what I would say to rehab all the time. I'd walk in and be like, you guys ain't done yet. <laughs> Probably shouldn't have said that. Though. All right. Well, Justin, thanks for coming. Thanks I, for uh, I, I really appreciate it. I appreciate you. Like as a person, like your you. energy. I fucking, I love it, dude. Good. I really do. I don't know. <laughs> so for everybody listening, uh, I got a baby coming. So I don't know if we're going to have one Get the baby next on week. I might be doing the uh, the newborn family thing. Um, That's awesome. We we will we will see though. So if you hear from me next week, I managed to do it with a crying baby in the back room. Um, if not, then uh, we'll see you guys a week after. Cool. Love y'all. Anything you wanna? Thanks for having me. This was fun. Let's do it again. Yeah, let's keep, do it again. Keep going for sure. Click the download link down at the bottom. Just send, send money. Send like, money. subscribe. Um, you can donate if you would like. Uh, we, we do have some people who have donated, and uh, we're going to be using that money to improve the uh, quality of our studio because right now we're doing it at the kitchen table. Oh, yeah. Got to start uh, somewhere. Yeah, yeah. But anyways, love you guys. Have a great day.